0: Welcome to the Think Fit Be Fit podcast, part of the Think Fit Be Fit podcast network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands, one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast, George.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Great. I'm. I I'm looking forward to this whole season and one of the things that the listeners enjoy as well as I do is this conversation that I've structured, kind of structured called the trainer's toolbox and the trainer's toolbox, uh, they, it does show up at being some of the most popular episodes and yeah, so, but I haven't had too many of them and I just really enjoy kind of indulging in details and, different ways that, you know, you, my colleagues are working kind of in a day to day manner. The trainer's toolbox is really about setting, I don't know, the tone of like a fitness conversation to being more about using knowledge the application of knowledge and science, communication being part of that, being able to communicate science and mechanics versus what I believe is the standard in the fitness industry, which is acquiring knowledge by simply reading a book or simply taking a weekend course that may be at like a bigger conference or even now it may definitely online. And it's, you know, it's, it just bothersome that people don't go back and review and like learn how to apply knowledge before, you know, kind of putting it on their, like (laughs) on their, on their collar or their shirt collar and just saying, you know, look, I've got this new, (laughs) new certification. So um, I guess I'd just love to start with, you know, who you are and how you and Embrace this idea of applying knowledge and communicating it in a, you know, a useful way. For
1: sure. In the training sure.
0: space. <laughs> in the
1: training space, yeah, for sure. I've been um, uh, in personal training since 2009, 2010, I believe. Initially, I was based here in the UK, and I used to go and do work on fitness retreats in Spain and things like that, and we'd take typically stressed out Londoners and, uh, um, they'd have their lifestyle, uh, overhauled for a week. And, um, Good. we'd give them all these measures at the start and end of the week. And then we'd send them back off to London to get stressed again. So I did that for a bit. I moved up to London and worked with some, some great guys and girls there that we might get into later on and then actually relocated. And I was in Vancouver, BC for seven years. I did a master of science in Kinesiology there. Travel down to Oklahoma a fair bit, worked through the RTS mastery program. And yeah, about six months ago, just moved back to the UK and I'm back in the southwest of England. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm coming from. And you know, the first thing that comes to mind, even when you mentioned that that question before we started rolling, was you know, the word choreography, right? Mm-hmm. comes up. But even if I think about my first foray into this industry with education, I went to the European Institute of Fitness. And it sounds pretty fancy. (laughs) And I got to the end of that course and they told me you're a master trainer. Like they told all of us that passed. you are master trainers. And the way they taught us exercise was literally like, this is a lap pull down. It was literally a column, right? Like a a table. Mm -hmm. This is a lap pull down. It works X, Y, and Z. Or maybe not even X, Y, and Z, maybe just X and Y, right? This is a bench press. It works ABC. And it, it makes me think of um of Matt Bernier saying, like, if your if your way of thinking of exercise is that you have like this this catalog in your head or this table, like when I need to work someone's legs, I do lunges or squats or this and mm-hmm. da 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 Then that's not a true professional, which can sound a little harsh if you haven't, you know. Mm-hmm coming it from this way Mm -hmm. but he's like that's a parrot and he actually said that's an effing parrot so Mm -hmm. it's literally like at that point if i go to the gym and some big guy tells me this exercise is for the the peak on your biceps and Mm -hmm. i remember that then that is literally the same level in a way of uh of the way that we're that the industry is teaching people right to come into things the way of thinking about that like that so as opposed to the flip side would being Having at least a base level of understanding of anatomy and forces and how to apply those forces, and then marrying the two, so that's the first place my my head goes to when you when you bring up that view
2: mm-hmm. I think we started
0: in the training industry about the same time then cool I, I think yeah i was I was coaching a lot of soccer up until then, and I entered you know into the gym the personal training culture around about the same time. And I I remember leaving my first like real personal training seminar that was like sponsored by the gym that I was working at, which probably more than most gyms do now. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just remember being kind of starstruck that people were just so passionate about the body and that was really about the, and and like exercise. And that was really all I got from that because outside of that, it really was more about like memorizing and really like what you were saying, like the lat does this, and the lat pull down does this. And there's not even like a question in there. Like it may happen if, or these are other considerations and you know um what is it that like currently like now if we go where you're at now um you know what does what grabs your curiosity currently as far as you know exercise like the education piece or something that you're like going back to that you may have studied a while ago
1: what grabs my attention and what's ex- or what's exciting me i mean mm-hmm. look i'm hugely biased i I'll I did a a big call out gratitude post, you know, a couple of weeks ago on on LinkedIn and you know, I referred to some of the various certifications that I've been through and things and I said by far like the resistance training specialist program mm-hmm. has been the biggest influence on my career and mm-hmm. it continues to be. So I'll always come back to that. Um mm-hmm. in terms of their communication of, you know, fundamentals of of physics, but mm-hmm. also I really I really value the continuum training idea, like Mm -hmm. the spectrum of exercise and everywhere you can visit that. And I know Dr. Paul Juris and and Gregory Gordon have their way of talking about the fitness ecosystem. So a different way of communicating it, um, but some similar ideas there. And basically like everything, no no matter your approach or what type of trainer you think you are, everything lives on that continuum Mm. and you don't have to confine yourself to one area of that you know, and it might not be appropriate to work on everything at the same time, but certain pieces you can jump in and out. So I've got some Mm -hmm. blank wall space here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you probably know Tom Purvis's character, he's constantly refining things. So I'm not sure what the latest version of the continuum looks like. I'm sure it's changed since it's ever Mm -hmm. ever evolving, his way of communicating it. But that for me is um, like to go down there and sometimes you'll see on social, like, People want to post lots of things showing the way they're putting the knowledge together from RTS and applying it to exercise, which is really, really cool. It's awesome. But doing things to do funky things with, with profiles and adding bands and chains and um, really customizing exercise, like super cool. But Mm -hmm. the more valuable thing that I find people don't talk about is the thought process, Mm. like, you know, literally how you make decisions with people Mm. and the continuum is so valuable To me, because Tom's got, you know, years and years of knowledge of working with folks and really, really complex cases. Mm. And my understanding of it was that it was his attempt to communicate his thought process, you know. Mm. So it's kind of like a look in a look inside (laughs) a look inside his head and that Mm. stuff, which he'd probably he'd probably say was a scary place. But it's it's a look inside (laughs) his head and like how he works with people. So I will revisit the continuum. In terms of what excites me, I just finished reading The Science of Self Control by mm. Menno Henselmans. I don't know how familiar we are with, with his stuff. He's sort yeah.
0: of I get his newsletter and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Familiar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's kind of grown in pro- popularity over the last few years.
0: Mm.
1: I enjoy a lot of his stuff, mm. but I think when we're looking at education, like I, I think this is I'd be be comfortable saying this for everyone. Like no one certification or person or mentor is going to give you everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's great to like draw from different sources and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and make, make use of all of it and synthesize it and, you know, create your own. Yeah. Like you, you sort of take it, take it on board and decide how you're going to apply it. So what am I returning to? Yeah. I'll constantly return to the continuum. Some of the stuff that Menno Henselman puts out. And I guess keeping an eye on the, the literature, like, you know, some of those folks that they're, they're pretty good yeah. at sharing that stuff <laughs> is, is yeah. Is, is like, interest me. And yeah. It's admirable. What else? I'm
0: like, wow. You, yeah. You oh, to well they have, they have whole research. It. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: they, they, they have whole research teams, you know, like he, mm. he, he like is happy to say, he doesn't like doodle himself or anything. He's got a whole team working on it. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of that question for my own service is is like, okay, what what am I missing? Where are the holes? You know, as soon as you it's it's I was talking about this yesterday on a walk with my wife, and it's like I forget who who said the phrase, but it's like figuring out that where you are right now is is enough and being content with things. And so it's holding those two almost competing things, like having a drive and ambition to to do more and achieve more. But at the same time, being content and being happy with like this is where I am right now, but I know you know that I'm going to do more and I want to do more, mm-hmm. and so that's sort of how I'm thinking about yeah my my overall education and then the services I offer. So yeah,
0: yeah, that last piece that you just said is is very powerful. Actually, it's just holding holding the two competing views and mm-hmm. um you know and it also that 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 creates some neutrality. You know, there's a lot of chat in our small circle of <laughs> trainers colleagues that's about you know confirmation bias and like mm-hmm. you know using bias as like a a bad thing you know and but you know you you're kind of offering something a, a little bit alternative and like exalted in a way so like you know uh being in in neutrality in a way, cause you've got these two competing things and it's like, okay, so if I have these two things, I can step back and, you know, just kind of play with it, evaluate and look at it in a more balanced way. So a few things came up for me. One, yeah. I saw the whole making, you you know, you use the term thought process
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I love, I love that term. Um, I've probably overused it at times. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that I, happened to me like a year, year and a half ago when I was first taking on this mentee employee of Mayan, and she had taken some of the RTS classes. Um, she'd also done a schooling here in the U S that's called the MPTI, which is national, whatever trainer Institute. Yeah. And, you know, it's like an eight month process to go through, which is very extensive. extensive. And we have a local one here in Virginia where the students have to do some kind of shadowing. And Mm -hmm. I've been contacted a lot because I do something that's quite unique in the fitness space. So I've met a number of these um, students over the years, different ages, different backgrounds. And she came from there as well and we were talking and going over some of the stuff that she had learned in the weekend in RTS intensive. And then she just play, just said it. She goes, what do you mean thought process? Hmm. And I was like, oh, Feck on. <laughs> this is the yeah. The, so, you know, what you were saying, like how you come back to the continuum and how to make decisions, I think like my, my little story here really, you know, kind of brightens that whole perspective. It's like, oh yeah, we don't learn about thought process. We don't learn about decision-making and, and, and you're, and, you know, really Tom Purvis, um, would also be a person who influenced me so greatly in that way that, there was even decisions to be made i wasn't really sure that was you know in my job description really like i didn't you know i didn't realize that as a professional until that whole the idea of exercise and all the choices being on a continuum until that was like present for me so there's no question there but do you have any follow up comments on that
1: yeah for sure and and so i don't know if you said initially that you love the or i you know i i love the term i hate the term it's definitely one that can get thrown around as um as a buzzword or phrase. Mm-hmm. And so let's say another way, like teaching you how to think or mm. teaching you how to think about a problem, mm. you know, and, and how you might approach it. I, I think you could distill yeah. it to that. And, and, and I can know people who that idea and, and you could talk about it as a first principle and therefore it's applicable in in other areas of your life, you know, in how you in how you approach things and, and how you break Break a situation down and Mm -hmm. and and look to address um, a problem. So, I would Mm -hmm. I'd probably blurted it right out there, but can very easily get thrown around um, Mm -hmm. as a buzzword. You know, Mm -hmm. or you got to have a thought process or process. Mm -hmm. You got to have a thought process.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I was kind of in the in the in in an interesting situation last week where two so I have the pleasure of working out at this bodybuilding training. So mecca. Jealous. Yeah. I've seen so the jealous. pictures and there was a, a, a group of th- uh, three people came up from Miami to teach this like glute booty camp. Right. And this Ooh. guy's name is glutes daddy on Instagram. I mean, it's, <laughs> a, it's a wild whole thing. Okay. And, um, I know one of them, you know, long story short. Uh, so I was so we made a, you know, arrangements to like, have like this mega workout before their seminar. And I trained also had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the same. <laughs> I'm taking it. You trained glutes.
0: We did. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and well, we, tra- we trained other things as well. <laughs> and, and his wife is a, a a high level competitor she's gonna be competing at Arnold in the next like five weeks or so. So there's some credibility there with like just being her trainer, right? because that's it's a, you know, anyways, so we had this like arrangement. um they didn't have a car. they you know, so I was like kind of shuffling them around too. And so we had um a really fun time, but right in the middle of like somebody kind of who has a lot of like, notability in this like small part of the, 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 what do you call it? Wellness and bikini fitness competitor. And he's, you know, I'm watching him question and work through stuff. And he's just asking me a ton of questions about anatomy and, and, and it just was just like, it was really fun to really actually explore without a thought process. Right like without, with just pure curiosity and just questions. And, you know, I, I contributed to their, to their gluteal empire by helping them cue better on this like extension machine. And it was great. It was great. And that, that, you know, and that was, it was just, it was just nice to like not have the thought process, not have how many decisions can we make off of this one exercise and how many, ways can we play with it because that's also you know having so many tools at times can be very uh distracting from like actually solving the problem <laughs> so i don't know like i'm just kind of exploring it like in both ways here
1: yeah so, <laughs> so how so did you look at one particular exercise
0: yep that was it and i said let's cool. let's let's talk about the anatomy of the femur in this position or the yeah. Yeah, the position of the femur and the bracing uh, opportunities on the machine. And then we just like, you know, kind of played with one, you know, bit of, I would call it like an internal cue, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're in control of your body and focusing on the control and the tension aspect. And, and it was just, you know, it was just like playtime with that and that, with that kind of like conversation. So but you still
1: had like a, you had a direction, like it was, it was an exploration of it. And then like, say you drew, you drew in anatomy, you drew in queuing, you drew in execution, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't get on there and okay, you do a hundred, then you do a hundred, then you do a hundred. And that would have been a viable exploration as well. Right? What did you feel? How, you know, how did, how did your range die? Like da 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 dah. Da, yeah. right? But it was still, you still had it like a, a goal in mm-hmm. mind, but I, I, I get it. It wasn't, I, I I think he's saying like, he didn't go, okay, you got 74 year old client Um, they've had this hip resurfaced yeah. and they've got a restriction in external rotation at this particular degree of flexion. And we need to figure out how to set them up on this machine. Go. Yeah. Is that, it wasn't like a case exactly.
0: study. Exactly. It was, yeah, it was right. a little bit of the opposite where it's like, just let's just look at this machine and see what we yeah. can do with the best and make it the, make it the best for our, our goal. And yeah, awesome. it was just so refreshing. And I would like to awesome. do that every weekend. So if anybody wants oh, to, we have an extra bedroom here. It's so, it's here. so nourishing.
1: <laughs> it's so nourishing, isn't it, yeah. Jen? Like when, because I thought you said that, I thought you were going to say that the weekend went the other way and that you got to a point and there was a, you know, like there, I was going to use like radio frequencies there, but they were mm-hmm. speaking one language, you were, you were speaking another, because I'm sure you've had, well, I would think you've probably had that situation a number of times when you're talking to, someone else in the industry and they bring something up and, or you bring something up and you're like, Ooh, we're, you know, we are talking different languages here and mm-hmm. this is going to, you know, it's going to take some defining for us to get anywhere out of this conversation, but it sounds like you had a really cool time with them. So.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah. It yeah? was awesome. Very nourishing. So. glute daddy, um, okay? Yeah. And it's also cool that there's, there's, such a place that you know you can just go and like enjoy that and all, all the all the equipment is you know there for your pain or enjoyment really um yeah. so another thing that um i thought was interesting in prepping for this conversation so i did look at you know some of your linkedin stuff like yes very active um on there and you for know it's it, it's not only that <laughs> it's not that you're active it's that other people are active on what you're posting. So you crack something there. <laughs> and one of the things you shared was this uh trapezius diagram. And like what, what I thought was interesting. One, last year on on this podcast, I think the third most downloaded episode was really about. I called it three safety cues that don't work. So in in an effort to be safe, there's there's some kind of standard cues out there. Yeah. One of them might be like bracing a certain way. We covered yeah. that. I can't remember the third one, but what, uh, the one that was really fun to explore was the shoulders back and down and this and that. And then you had a completely different take on it, which I just thought was so interesting. That I don't know you you offered more clarity on the back and down cue, as it whereas I was very dismissive of the queue altogether uh, just like over the last year or so let's say <laughs> so right. you're bringing something new to light for me here so I kind of wanted to like you know
1: I wonder if I am I wonder if I am over actually- okay speaking the same thing but sure let's go on what what
0: let me see the, i have it what's here what's the
1: crux of the question
0: what what you're offering here in the post is that the shoulders back and down is not a magic position for all exercises Bingo. yes and um i thought that was you know really fun but like then you offered like this you know kind of exploration of hmm. what potentially the shoulder motion and the extra the muscles are doing you know, and then it was just like it really interesting that you didn't like give us an like an alternative cue. You just were like, <laughs> "Try this," yeah, and learn like learning to control and using. You know, um, I think different heights, which I think is the more about the um, shoulders going. You're talking about the joint, the actual motion of the scapula. And it's
1: funny, I'm laughing yeah, because he so really like, didn't actually tell us, but I get that so often it's like, so what are you actually saying? Like, just give me the give me the too long didn't read. Like, what what's my take home here? But so I wanted people to sit at their desk or or mm-hmm. stand at their, their desk or or sit there on their phone or whatever, um, and to do this thing, which is not it's it's not my own, right? Um, mm-hmm. but it it's like shrug your shoulders as high as you can and then try and draw them back. It's pretty tough. They don't go very far. And then push them down, shove them down as far as you can. And again, try and pull them back. And they don't go very far. Hang out somewhere in that mid-range. Hey, they kind of work all right through there, you know, kind of goes okay. So I yeah, in conversations with other trainers and working in different facilities, you hear this cue like shoulders back and down or, or chest up, you know, chest up and out and shoulders back and down. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes, but we know for overhead stuff, like to list one, there's going to be a requirement you know, because mm-hmm. of this scapular humoral rhythm thing that, mm-hmm. you know, you're more than familiar with, like stuff needs to, needs to come up. And so mm-hmm. I found anecdotally working with folks over the years that the sensation on, I think I, I distilled it down to like, you can dramatically improve the sensation of an upper body exercise mm-hmm. with a very, very small adjustment in and I'm specifically talking about the height mm. of the shoulder blades, if you mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, and obviously that goes with front to back stuff as well. But getting mm-hmm. some level of control of this, because we, you know, most most people don't even know they have sh- these shoulder blade things that we know they are cool, but we don't think, well, I just want to grab this thing. We don't think, okay, well, when I did that, shoulder blade came around the rib cage, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And so then the other way of talking about it was, you know, it's like stop shrugging, stop shrugging. Well, you know, the, like there's that it is a range you know and so mm. is it if I'm not all the way down here then am I shrugged you know or if mm. I'm here well I'm shrugged now but wait mm. I've I've got all of this you know mm. and and you can do the same thing with abduction it, it, it crosses over to two different ranges so it was merely like to get people to to play around with some of that stuff mm-hmm. of course there's a time for there is probably times for shoulders back and down, but it just gets barked out. Like, like, and I, I wasn't yeah. aware of that episode, but yeah, like <laughs> a abdominal brace or, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. shoulders back and down, these things get, get thrown out.
0: They really and do.
1: Yeah. And, and it's being, it's having the mindset to question that, well, well why are you doing that? You know, I had, yeah, a, a conversation comes to mind about a lateral raise With the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the the idea, and I was, you know, it's this, it's one and the same muscle. It's the trapezius, Mm -hmm. you know. We split it into divisions, but like I think I I talk in the post about the upper trap being like from the wrong side of the tracks, you know. Like you don't want (laughs) to give him any love and stuff. You gotta you gotta stick things in him and get massaged and and you know drop elbows in it and stuff like that. And it's like Mm no, I think you know I'm thinking about a paper where they used tendon vibration of the upper trapezius was one mm-hmm. of the muscles that they vibrated to improve uh, range of motion in participants that had, were experiencing frozen shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that's not a demonstration that this thing, you know, aside from like the alignment of the fibers and stuff, but it's it's important and it's um yeah. My main thing was so that people could get a little something that they're like, you know, they're at the gym, they're doing a seated row. Well, maybe mm-hmm. they're doing a the chest press and know, like, hey, next time out. I- oh, hey, yeah, remember I, that that dude on LinkedIn said that you can kind of play with this height, and then oh, that actually feels a little bit better through me. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about different planes and stuff, different swipes, mm-hmm. but even just these little movements can can really make a a big difference. I've found.
0: Yeah, I mean, creating a um, a, it's like a kinesthetic awareness with people. I think for me, that is one of my top priorities with people because I'm, you know, the people that I work with day in and day out do have some kind of history of tightness, injury, even, uh, you know, chronic illness that affects their muscular system and their nervous system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to provide a, yeah, kinesthetic education, really, it by itself, I believe is a healing tool for You know, and if it's just in, you know, being able to execute an exercise better, if you will, that's still like a healing tool, in my opinion, because you're giving someone something to, something to use to take care of themselves and their physical body. And yeah, so I, you know, I, I could definitely continue to talk about, you know, body awareness and kinesthetic awareness and where where it belongs in the, the industry but
2: what if i told you the biggest thing standing in the way of peak performance is potentially something as simple as changing how you breathe we at think fit, Be fit rely on science for new ways to optimize performance that's why we've partnered with neuropeak pro and their new product the intel belt Noropeak has developed the next generation of wearable tech. This belt is a real-time training device designed to teach users how to breathe properly in order to strengthen their resilience to stress, recover quickly, and effectively execute the task in front of them. If you're ready to begin unleashing the true power of breath, download the free Noropeak Pro app to experience their precision breath training or dive deeper into the science of breath training by visiting thinkfitbefitpodcast.com slash NPP. Your best training is a breath away.
0: The tools that you use to manage and help people find solutions, load is certainly a tool that we've already mentioned. You know, we mentioned even, you know, even how you talk about your influences you know, are you teaching your clients um, with that mindset of, you know, I've learned this from this person and this might be interesting for us to explore, you know, are you using that as a, as a train, you know, your trainer toolbox? Are you using things that you had at university that may not have seemed applicable, but now you are using them? Anything, anything goes for me. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. You you brought up university and yeah. And people often think like, oh, cool. Like, you know, well, first of all, it wasn't like a a master's in personal training. It was a master's in what was previously called human kinetics and then was renamed kinesiology. So whenever you tell, well, most of the time you tell someone in Europe that you did a kinesiology masters, they think that you um, did like applied kinesiology so that you're holding vials of of different things against people's chest and maybe doing some muscle testing and things like that. So it's like, no, it wasn't that. So I mine had a a neuromuscular or sensory motor focus to it. and so I did some some neuroanatomy. And then I was in a lab where I don't know, lucky's the right. Yeah, very fortunate to get in there. um and my main supervisor set up the first microneurography lab um lab, um, lab and and facility in Canada. And so he had the, he had the ability to record directly from nerves, Mm -hmm. um, by going in with, with needles essentially. Mm -hmm. And so that was really cool. And I had it, I had it done on me like a couple of times. And so that was like a a physical and they have it hooked up to audio. So like an audible demonstration of what some of these uh, receptors are doing you know, and, and I had a bias, right. I'm like, Oh, I was like, well, I want to catch a spindle today. And funnily enough, my professor had had a bias as well. And he often wanted spindles as well, but you'd get GTOs and you'd get different skin receptors. And we had people in the mm-hmm. lab who specialized in, um, in skin receptors and things, but really the, if you see on paper that, that new, new code or new information is, is hitting the brain, every hundredth of a second or something you're like oh okay that seems pretty fast but when you like hear it or see it mm-hmm. so like you'll find we, we tapped into something and then they start like we're recording from the low legs. so you grab the foot and you start moving things around and stuff and touching it and trying to like figure out was the spindle is it gto and they've, they've got various tests of doing that I'm like ah we've got a we've got a skin receptor from the top of the foot and you literally get right down to it and they start pulling out all these little filaments and like You know, figuring out and trying to identify if it's, you know, Raffini and all these receptors that I probably couldn't even name now, and you find this little thing, and it's like this little patch of skin that, when you sweep a finger or a filament across it in one certain direction, you literally hear it go zzz, and you go across it slowly, goes and it's like wow, that that is just flying back up the cortex, cortex at like you know so so fast and that's one receptor and mm. all these skin receptors like have overlap and stuff and you're like wow the the sensitivity of the system and the huge like cacophony of sensory information that's hitting the brain at any one time mm-hmm. is enormous mm. you know like it's insane and so you know when i was going through that and and you look at a, a <laughs> and my dad at the time when i was going through my, my post-grad program, he was, he was dealing with foot pain or something. And, you know, they called it a Morton's neuroma and he'd had a friend that had had, um, a procedure to freeze the nerve or Mm -hmm. essentially like kill it below a certain level. And Mm -hmm. he was talking to me about it and I kind of let it go a couple of times. And then he said it again. And it was like late at night, maybe, and I was a bit tired and I like went off on him Mm -hmm. because I was just it's like, you're going to give yourself a peripheral neuropathy. Like you've got this super highway of information heading up and down this nerve and you just want to like, you know, cut it like, you know, or freeze it like beyond this point. Like there's a ton of really important stuff down there, you know, and you're just like, well, let's just cut that off. Like, can we explore some other options first? Fortunately he did and, and, and fully recovered from it. He doesn't even talk about it now. So <laughs> I'm going on about this, but my my masters didn't change what I do with people on a day-to-day basis at all. And I'd be careful not to get into like spiels about the one we just had, Mm -hmm. but it gave me a greater appreciation of it's sort of like maybe reinforced that, okay, no, you're taking, you're taking the right approach in the way that you're approaching the body, like with respect and knowing that their body has a better idea of what it needs on a given day than I or them can sit around and and determine you know in a lifetime literally yeah. so if we live by this rule that we only get to use what what they give us on a given day and it might change or it might not, and we don't tie ourselves emotionally to the outcome, then you know we you kind of keep yourself out of a lot of trouble right so it's it, it, it boosted my foundation of knowledge and all this stuff like a lot and then you know, with my thesis, I got up, got to go off and explore some other cool stuff. And I, I dived off into, um, let's just call them body maps and the different body maps that are located or mm-hmm. sort of held or housed within the brain and how these can change from moment to moment. Like mm. that stuff's so cool. Like mm-hmm. it's so cool to like grab a beer or a coffee and sit around and talk about that stuff. Like, you, <laughs> know, we, yep. we, you know, but <laughs> And, and it, and I might use occasionally, like I might reference something that I remember, like a study that I remember from, from my time there to communicate an idea to a client, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it doesn't change. It doesn't, it didn't change. It, you know, it didn't treat, it didn't teach me how to train someone, nor was I expecting it to teach me how to train someone. Mm. How about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a long answer, but.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, it's pretty amazing that You know, I think, yeah, then then I'd say like education is, you know, part of, you know, your signature almost like it's like, you know, yeah, it's a tool. But, you know, being able to reflect that to someone, your dad, your client, you know, it's powerful, you know, being able to explain that there is a virtual map in our of our body, in our brain, and that it's not drawn in a sharpie marker at all <laughs> you know we, multiple
1: and they yeah. can change from moment to moment
0: uh, right like yeah. like
1: that to that like it's crazy so yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it was it was useful for for things like that for sure and, and super interesting but yeah it didn't and probably if i'd done an undergrad of the same program mm. then i would have you see a lot more of that in canada particularly people who've been through kin degrees mm. and then they go into training. But um, yeah, that was not what I went for. And, and look, education wise, uh, you know, talking it's funny talking about like being enough, but then being ambitious. And I don't have that down. Like I, I don't, there's always this feeling of like not knowing enough and and this. And I remember when I was heading off to North America and Michael Golden, you know, who I was uh-huh. working for, you know, at the time, I was like, I just need to get like RTSM and then, you know, like then I'll know like that that's, that's enough. And he's like, no, you're just going to like switch the next thing. And then the, you're never going to feel like that. And he's probably <laughs> talking about his own character as well. And he's 100% right, mm. you know, 100% right. So, you know, that's it's um one of my favorite quotes is by Voltaire and it's, I'm going to butcher it, but it is words to the effect of, uncertainty is not a pleasant mindset, Mm. but certainty is absurd. Like if Mm. once the day you think you've got it all, like I can just deal with any situation, like that's, you got a problem. (laughs) Do -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I try and take some comfort in, in ideas like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, discernment is, you know, necessary for progress. You know, you got to kind of push away like what's not needed. Right. But it's also yeah, I mean, but that uncertainty is, you know, yeah, where it's not um a very comfortable place to be. It's not even natural, I would say. You know, you yeah. really have to purposefully step into it to get something from it that's not anxiety.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe um a more positive way of stating that would be like as soon as you lose that like questioning um, not questioning, curious mind. Mm. You know, of like wanting to, like, oh, what's that person doing? What's that? Like, that's when, like, okay, maybe it's time to retire or change. Mm. You know, mm. maybe that's more. Maybe that's more positive.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, maybe. Um, what about? Um, <laughs> what about? I, I got one last question, and it's like a, it's kind of big and abstract. But you know, when it comes down to like the things that you use outside of, let's see the machines, right? Mm-hmm. Um the resistance profiles that you're setting up. so the the tangible things. So you know, mm-hmm. think fit be fit is trying to I, I'm really trying to help people move outside of just like all the things that fitness offers that we can touch all the time. So it's, um, or just like feel like in a very immediate way, I am hoping to create more of a dialogue with, with people, with conversations for, or encourage people to have their own dialogue with themselves, that there are just so many options and that the one thing we can always do is assess our options and have a and have a clear mind while doing it you know and like how that applies to fitness and exercise so if you're trying to you know coach somebody on the execution of an exercise what really matters in in that moment for you
1: any of that no 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 and i realized i didn't actually answer your question very well before i just started talking about Nerves and stuff. So,
2: oh, yeah. Let,
1: let, <laughs> let me think. A few things came up there during that. I yeah. think, like, something that you can't touch mm. and you can't necessarily measure, but you should definitely um, value mm-hmm. is how much time, if you're seeing someone, be it in this setup, like remote, virtual, mm. if you're seeing someone like this, or if you're seeing someone in person, think about how many people in your life. You spend, like if you have a a one year, two year, five year, 10 year relationship with a client, right? Think about how many people in your life you spend, whether it's 45 minutes, whatever your session duration is, but let's say an hour at a time, looking directly at that person Mm -hmm. and reading all of their verbal and non-verbal cues that they're giving you. And what you'll actually find is like the hundreds of hours that we end up spending with people is like, you actually know them really, really well. And, and there's stuff that you can just pick up on and vice versa. You know, you can you can have had a, a terrible morning and something like us as, as professionals could have had like a terrible morning and really not want to go to work today. But you go in and you, you know, that first date, last date analogy, like you got to make sure that, you know, you're still bringing that same level of attentiveness and energy, or you try to at least to the 101st session as you did to the first, but you might still come come in and, and, and put on this big smile and be positive and everything. And I've had people be like, you know, Oh, you know, you're okay. Like what's going on, you know? And they know, and we know as well, like I, the amount of times I've said to people like, you okay today. Cause you seem a little, and not wanting to pry and step out of a lane and, and turn it into a, um, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, counseling. But, um, but yeah, so I think there's, there's, there's huge value in that in terms of something that you can't touch. So like, well, I went through an exercise once where I wrote down all the things that I do as a trainer,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and there's planning sessions and there's all that kind of things. But if you actually sit down and list all the things that you do in a session, right. In terms of like a skill set, it's a lot. Like if you wanted to create, so so right now you can get free personal training apps, right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and they'll Give you like something to do, an exercise, and they'll count it out for you, and they'll set the speed, and it'll tell you how many you got to do, and da 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 da. So hopefully, you're bringing more than that, mm-hmm. right, to your mm-hmm. clients. Because if you are, you're in trouble. Like, forget mm-hmm. about you know, like machine learning and AI and, and what's going to happen in the future. Like, you're in trouble now because like there's an app for free that already does more than than you do. Mm-hmm. So when you actually start thinking about all the things you do, it's a lot. It, it really is a lot. So reading people. Is is a big one. In terms of other non-tangible tools, are you thinking about or should I are we talking about variables or I like the language that we speak to people, like being Mm -hmm. not being a not being a pain specialist, but being aware of the biopsychosocial model of pain Mm -hmm. and being able to keep that in your back pocket? Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes they've been to another professional in a different industry you know, mm-hmm. and they're getting treatment for something and they've been cleared to work with you Like, depending on where you are in that, in that whole setup. And the amount of times I've said, you know, has someone spoken to you about pain, you know, and, and what is this and I like um, preface it by saying, I'm not a pain specialist, but mm-hmm. this is what the generally accepted model is of pain and has been for like quite a long time now. And you mm-hmm. talk and they're like, wow, I had no idea about that. Oh, that's maybe like when I was, you know, staying in this place, that I didn't really like with a bunch of people. Like I didn't really know very well that my pain was heightened on this, or maybe that's when I'm home with my family um, or I'm on holiday and I'm in the sun, like, Oh, maybe that's, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So,
0: but
1: so bringing like bringing that to the table, just being like incredibly attentive. I'm a real, um, I'm like over the top with keeping notes. Mm. Um but because of that, you know, I can like point to a scar on a client's leg and go like, oh, that's not still not healing up. Hey, from the time you jumped off your boat last summer and slipped on the deck and they're like, oh, that, oh, it's like, oh, you remember everything. But because you're actually listening during the session and then you maybe make a little note of something, like it means you, you get to like, you really make the. Let the client understand that you, it, the hour or the half hour or the 45 minutes is really, really about them. And mm-hmm. that's the tough one. And it's even tougher on remote when someone comes in, like enters into a chat like this and, and starts blabbing away like I am to, because <laughs> if yeah. I was in purpose to be uh-huh. like hands on their shoulder and like, this is your time, like mm. all that, that stuff, I'm, you're not coming to me for that stuff. You know, there's a time and place, obviously you've got to make your own judgment call on it, but mm. We're, we're here to do this exercise thing and, and I can do that pretty well, but that other stuff, like this park, list, like, don't give that person, that situation, your hour with me now. Like let's, let's dive in. Let's get some, mm. let's get some exercise going. So there's a few things that come to mind. Yeah. I hope I didn't miss them out too much.
0: I love it. Well, you know, it's not, well, first of all, it's not blabbing. It's not going on and on <laughs> because I host these, you know, because I'm indulging. I, really enjoy the the training environment i love the pursuit of self-improvement and self-leadership and so I, yeah for me i'm just this is an episode it's like me yesterday catching up on sex in the city i probably it's like very <laughs> indulgent um <laughs> so yeah, you know, for all you listeners like i definitely have you guys in mind but um <laughs> this is also you know my network and I love it. But yeah, the holding space for that place of, again, like self-improvement and this like, you know, giving ownership to someone of like, this is your hour. That's very powerful. And one of the things that came up for me when is that, that biopsychosocial model, I've thought about that deeply and Mm. thought about how it, it applies across the different areas of training and athletic training and, you know, late stage rehab, I guess, wh- where I kind of where I really exist is, you know, late stage injury care. And um yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity for the entire wellness, medical fitness continuum to get on board with like, having biopsychosocial Mo- like a model of health and integrating the different parts of it you know it's for me it's like if if i see more of that in this lifetime and i've contributed to that it that to me is just the honor of a, a lifetime cuz i think it's awesome. so important you know yeah really cool so uh just a couple last things um are you missing the great outdoors of uh british columbia now that you're back in the uk
1: I am, but we've got a pretty great outdoors here in the Southwest of England as well. Like, I'm, yeah, it's, um, I'm like 10, 12 minutes away from, for some, from some stunning beaches, um, mm. kind of spoiled and, uh, yeah, you sort of walk like 10 minutes that way and you're up in the fields and everything. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, miss the mountains for sure, but mm-hmm. we're going to be over there in a few months time for, uh, probably about a month and, mm-hmm. you know, still got family over there. Um, so I'll,
0: yeah. I'm,
1: I'm going to be getting my fill of it. Yeah.
0: Good. <laughs> when back yeah. Um, and is there anything that you want that you're working on that you'd like to share and where to find you online?
1: Yeah, for sure. So as you mentioned, you were looking at some stuff on LinkedIn. I'm I've been terrible on social stuff, since I've been, I've had like little pushes at different times, but I've been pretty terrible on social media. I didn't have a website for the longest time. Um, my website is not much to look at, but you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, just my name, George Gross. Gross is spelled G-R-O-S-E. Um, my website is georgegross.com. Mm-hmm. And um, to make more word work for you, just over the weekend, I changed my Instagram handle, and it is now George Gross underscore com. So yeah, that's okay. that's where people can find me there. Currently everything is remote. My my main thing that I'm most excited about that I, I told you about in our little pre-call, I have a, a bespoke coaching program that gives people the tools to look, move, and feel better for life. That's kind of it mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And that's what I'm spending a lot of energy on. And then you know I've got Nutrition coaching, my background, and things like that. I'm looking forward to a time when I'll be able to serve a few folks locally. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm still working with clients um, back in BC remotely, mm-hmm. and likewise, like some clients here in the UK. So, uh,
0: um, yeah, yeah, you've got a weird schedule day to day, then I would imagine <laughs> time wise.
1: <laughs> it can be a little bit, it can yeah. be a little bit time wise. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, LinkedIn. Website, Instagram, and uh, yeah, come and if if you want, come connect, come and come and chat. Like I, I think when you said before about some of the things that you're getting in terms of different individuals coming through and, and you being able to, you know, people who are new in the industry and things like that, um, and having these conversations. I didn't. I, there was a I forget what year it was, but I was heading back down to OKC and just being back in that environment. Mm. Was I didn't like I knew I missed it, but I didn't realize how much I missed it until I was back in that. So I'm really looking forward to. I'm always looking forward to doing more education, and mm-hmm. and I love having um, conversations like this because because you just don't you don't really I don't get it right now at all. But even when we've worked in certain places, like you know um, where people have a different approach or very different approach, you can still have conversations, but you miss some of these none of these other ones. So yeah, I very, very much appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Yeah. Cheers to that. I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's very exciting for me to, to have these conversations and, and to be able to, you know, create, uh, honestly, it's like when you were saying like having a drink and like talking about, you know, the, the cortical maps and stuff like that. Those are rare conversations to be able to just say, you know, what if and I saw this and wow, you saw that and whoa, those are different and or the same. Like, you know, you mentioned you gave a shout out to your cadaver lab. Yeah, like I, I love talking about <laughs> those tissue basically in any form. And yeah. <laughs> you know, just Yeah, sharing that in like a leadership way, like that's the point of these conversations, because I truly believe that by um, being in a, a thinking, you know, understanding critical thought and being able to question is truly a skill and like being able to go back and look at our information and, you know ask ourselves if we really know how to apply it and then work at applying those things and being honest with your clients about like, Hey, we're going to try something new. Like, aren't you excited? Like (laughs) that's how I do it. Um, (laughs) but what I was doing before was wrong (laughs) or it might be right now, just right now. And, um, so, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I'm just all for it. So thank you so much for, uh joining me and Absolute being a pleasure, part John. of it and yeah so i look forward to sharing with this at sh- sharing this and yeah we'll follow up and hopefully celebrate a big download episode
1: no, yeah that'd be cool that'd be yeah. cool okay <laughs> nice one
0: all right cheers have a great day i don't know what time what's left yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah all right Jen.
1: take care right. don't work too hard
0: yeah <laughs> Bye. bye Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the ThinkFit, BeFit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.